From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast. Join us as we discuss the business of running an RIA firm and the practice of investment management. And now, our hosts. And welcome to another episode of the Conquer Risk Podcast. Uh, I've got Manish here with me, and today we are going to talk about the best content of the second quarter. Uh, we've got some interesting revelations in this process, and uh, and hopefully you'll find a little uh, a little good reading, a little good watching, and a little humor along the way. Uh, Manish, do you have any thoughts as we get going? No, just uh, you know we decided to do this, and it's been uh, well received to to go each quarter and review what what did well and what uh, didn't. Uh, and so we want to keep this going and hopefully provide some value at, uh, as the topics that are resonating with, with different advisors. So with that being said, let's jump into it with blog posts. Um, there was something that was right. pretty surprising that you did uh, recently on the need for OCO, OCIO services. I'm always going to struggle with that. That's um, okay. I'm laughing. I, I have to laugh at that because... The way I hear you say it is there's a big surprise because it's something that I wrote. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we all know I, I really don't like to write and I'm not very good at it. So when I kick out something that, uh, you know, actually gets read. All I'm, right. I'm well, pretty, that's I'm not. I mean, what, all right, what, what was the surprise then? You <laughs> dive into that. Well, I, I think the surprise uh, for me was not, uh, you know, yeah, I'm having a little humor there with that first piece. Uh, but the fact that this was released, when we're talking about best of the first quarter, this was released on June 25th. So it only had a week. I, I mean, there, there, there's obviously something that an advisor or two <laughs> found interesting about it. Um, you know, and, it, and it's not an interview. It's not anything that anybody else is necessarily going to share. Uh, so, yeah, that was the big surprise for me. I, I really was pleased to see that that was uh, resonating with advisors. It was worth looking at, worth reading. Anytime, yeah, anytime you... Are tracking these statistics over a quarterly basis, and something hits like that that you don't actually promote that much, and it's been what five five full days. Um, I think it's time to go back yeah. and double down on that topic. So that's something that uh, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna write and talk about more in the in the future. Well, speaking of which, and and that was uh, that was the second most popular blog post. The third one was actually one that you wrote, and it uh, was a topic that that we can discuss about uh, do moving averages, you know, still work. I mean, do moving averages work for risk management? Um, and I think you've you've hit a number of those kinds of things. So you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, there, there, there's a list of different content we put all out around risk management and, and bear markets, and. I think a lot of it was just timely. Um, you know, if you produce content, you do want to be timely with what you're putting out there. And because of the fact that we uh, went through a bear market, and in my opinion, as of today, are still in one, um, th this type of stuff resonates. So there was a, a laundry list of, of different pieces, blogs, and, and podcasts that we put out around that. And you know, similarly, if if we you know begin another bull market, I'm, I'm sure we'll. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll touch on those topics. We're not fear-mongering or, or anything like that. It's just a matter of hitting topics that are, that are um, you know, timely for today's news. Right. And, you know, just to be, to be clear, is there's obviously a consistent theme. And you mentioned when you find something that works, keep doing it. Uh, you know, the first quarter, two of the most popular blog posts were two, that you had, two more that you wrote. Uh, one of them was, you know, how, how do you, um, let's see, i make sure I get these right, how bear markets can humble a buy-the-dip investor. Uh, and the dangers of calendar year returns, right? Both topics that just, uh, again, advisors need to keep on top of things that 
you know, can affect their clients, can affect the way they in, uh, invest, the way they choose strategists, uh, and the way they do due diligence. So, yeah, it's just it, it's education, right? I mean, a lot of this is is educating advisors about things that that are good to stay on top of. And we like to poke at things that you know we we don't that we don't think make sense or that that people. Um, you know, sweep under the rug. So we'll, we'll continue to hammer on those type of topics for sure. All right. So those are, the, those are uh, a few of the blog posts that uh, were, were uh, certainly considered uh, well-read <laughs> in, in the scheme of, of all of them that we produced. Um, as we move forward and, and talk about podcasts uh, and look at some of the podcasts that, were, that advisors found relevant, I think the first one actually falls right in line with the last podcast we talked about. It, it was our Y Charts interview. Um, so you want to you know, speak to that a little bit, why that one was popular. Yeah, this is a lesson in, in working with partners. Um, Ycharts uh, agreed to sit down and did, do a podcast with us, which, you know, it's not hard to find partners that want to do that. But the second part's most important is that they promoted it. They threw it out there into their social media channels and email, uh, and it got a lot of play. Uh, I think that's the most important uh, lesson to be learned here is to work with partners and 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 come up with a plan to distribute content. Uh, secondly, I, I just think it's a good product that advisors should look at and are intrigued by. Uh, it's a very clean user face, tons of data. Uh, if you're doing any analytical things or even uh, you know putting content out yourself for clients uh, and want an easy, quick way to chart, uh, Ycharts is just a phenomenal tool, and, and we're, we're doing more with them, too, in terms of SMA data and, and some things that are coming out in the next quarter or two. So uh, they're, they're a big partner of ours, and, and the success of that podcast is, is uh, you know, points to uh, their participation in, in getting this content out. Yeah, absolutely. And and hopefully, I mean, we may do another interview with them uh, before long. I mean, in the in the process, you know, you want to make sure that, uh, that you do find good partners. I find that Y charts is very easy to use, and uh, you know we've just we've been happy with it, and obviously uh, they make a good partner to, to, to do that sort of thing. And right. the, so the other podcast um, that was uh, that so came any other, up. Go ahead. What, well, I was going to say before, you know, is there anything else about Y charts that you like? Sum it up. What's what? What's Y charts in in just a couple of words? I mean, why is it that it's so great? Just it, it's it. They, they take Morningstar data, which a lot of people use. And, and just present it in a cleaner user interface and, and easier to pull information. So it, there's a lot of software systems out there. The problem is it's just too difficult to extract what you need. And, and don't get me wrong, Ycharts yeah. has difficult portions. Uh, but for the, the average user, it's, it's easy to get in there, get the data you want, and present it to clients or uh, present it in a, a social media post or whatever you want. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, I think a good example of that is I was doing some due diligence on different uh, SMA data databases and and so forth. Is uh, you know I looked at at one that that had ver- and I've used it before. It's Morningstar, right? And it's very expensive, but you know they have all this great data in their online database, right up to the point where the, there is one piece of data that I have to have for every manager I review. Well, it doesn't cost extra, but that's in their old architecture program, so you have to run both you know, to be able to put these pieces together. And it's like, what, are we still using desktop yeah. software? I mean, is, <laughs> does that happen anywhere? So anyway, uh, what else? Uh, we one of the other, one of the other podcasts that, that, uh, podcast? that came out that uh, was popular was about market cap weightings and how uh, the rich get richer, the largest stocks keep growing. The funny part about this is when we posted it, you know, we were, uh, you know, joking back and forth about how these large companies have grown and are dragging the index along with it. 
and it has just exponentially gotten worse or, or better depending on what you're invested in um, uh, since then. Yeah, the uh, I, I, it makes me chuckle because I, I found our little, at the time, in that podcast, oh, I think we did that back in, it was May. Yeah, I looked. I want to make sure I get these right. It was May 19th is when we published that. And, you know, at the time, I went back and looked at the, the price of Tesla. We had a really cool, fun graphic about Tesla versus six or seven other related car companies or motor companies. And the price back then, when we thought, we were kind of making fun of them about how high their price was relative to the earnings the company had. It was $808.01 on May 19th. And it, the last few days, it's been hovering around 1600 bucks. It's doubled it's, in the last well, here, couple Here's months. the funny joke. And they haven't doubled their here's revenue? The, like, here's what a funny the funny joke that always comes up is, you know, Tesla gained a Ford today in market action. Uh, they're essentially, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in one days of market action, gaining the, the market cap of entire car companies and so look we're not going to dive into the fundamentals here it is what it is there you know ride it ride the train or get off of it you know those are your two choices yeah well you you just told me yesterday about a stat on the top five companies you got that one uh yeah for the christopher can throw this in there something uh sentiment traders someone i follow on twitter and i get his uh his email uh really good uh provider of these timely statistics and essentially it's the first time to, since 1979 that the uh, five stocks make up more than 20 percent of the s p 500 um and so it's uh i saw another stat today actually that was uh, pretty cool like year-to-date performance and you know we're recording this on what 723 uh year-to-date performance of the top uh, yeah. five stocks is uh 32 percent year-to-date performance of the other 495 is minus five and so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's and, great. Uh, that's, that's so perfect. And then the year to date of the S and P I think was like up two because of that. So, um, look it, whatever, I hate the term. It is what it is, but you know, what else can you say? It's, it's the, you know, it, it these market tops are formed like this. I'm not saying this is one, but, uh, you know, you have so much waiting in, in these top performers, you know, we'll see how it unfolds. But, but I think that's, that, that, that's why the podcasts are so popular because the, these stats are all over the place and people are scratching their head about it. And, and, and Tesla may join everyone as, you know, trillion dollar companies in the near future. We, we might just have five companies and the rest of us just sit at home and get UBI. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's interesting. So we, we have another, I don't even remember when it was written. We've got another uh uh, podcast on on index uh, returns so that may be worth uh, hopping in the the mix here uh, you know if you're interested about that concept well i wanted but I, yeah I, I, I think that was a that was to a this fun point one. we talked about this and i want to do a, a blog or a podcast on the index constitution uh you know i i was listening to a podcast the other day where they mentioned how walmart is consumer cyclical and targets and consumer discretionary or something like that it's amazing how you know because you have one company doing so many things people don't know where to put it like what sector it's in so anyway right. that that that's for future future references here so what what uh you know we always touch upon the takeaways what's surprising what shocked you um what uh what do you have yeah one that yeah so i'm i'm going to going to take a step back and with without humor reference one that i think it it's um it surprised me because I wasn't sure if our readers, listeners, watchers would 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 take this. It wasn't something that we planned. It was something that just, uh, I think, very appropriately so. Uh, Christopher wrote 
from his heart, and I think it summed up a lot about what uh, what we were all thinking. It is, I will say this, it is very hard to write something about our times that, you know, it, it doesn't jump on the wrong side of some political bandwagon or the right side of some political bandwagon or the, just the feeling of the moment, but something that was hard and uh, that was very sincere. And it's called What Advisors Should Say When They Don't Know What to Say. And, uh, you know, it was our most engaged, it was our number one blog post. Um, you know, so, so that was intriguing to me that we as a firm and through Christopher's words did have something to say. And, and obviously that was, uh, seen as valuable content and, and worked its way through the, through the, the eyes and ears of our, uh, listeners. Well, he, he had called me and, you know, with everything going on with the, the riots and the pandemic and all this stuff that was happening. And he said, Hey man, I, I got something I want to write. You know, you know, I, I, I won't get too political, but I, I want to write something. Um, and I said, yeah, knock yourself out. You know, it's, uh, we're not, we don't hold anyone back when they want to share their feelings. And it, advisors are in a tough position because you have a book of business and, and, and some people are conservative right. and some aren't, and, and you don't want to get in the middle of that. Um, but uh, I, I think there's a way to, to talk about things without, and I think Christopher really nailed it. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, that there's a reason why it was the, the top performer. So, um, definitely check that out on, on our, on our blog page, if you get a chance. Yeah. And if this helps put some perspective on it, the end result is, you know, there's always room for kindness, right? Forget, don't worry about what political this or color that or, or whatever, right? If the more kindness we, we all have and the more we all show to each other, man does life get a lot easier i mean that's that's the, that's it well my kid my kid has so, a shirt uh, my what do you, what do you... has a shirt that says boys will be boys but then the boys is crossed out and it says kind humans um and so it's you know we're just we're just trying to raise <laughs> uh, kids who are nice so anyway uh, the the other thing that came up um that was surprising and this is actually quite funny is that one of the best performing podcasts of the past quarter was the podcast that reviewed the content of the first quarter. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, we struggle so hard to come up with new content, and that's the winner. Yeah, right? I mean, we listen, the, for, po- for folks producing any content, you hit a wall, and sometimes you're like, WTF am I supposed to do right now? And so we came up with this idea to review uh, the first quarter's content and talk about what uh, what did well, and that ends up being the one of the better performing podcasts of the second quarter. Um, so let's see if we can keep this uh, avalanche uh, going. <laughs> yeah. um, well, we're supposed to double down, so can we just do a best of last yeah. week? <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I, I'm down. <laughs> um, essentially, it's uh, you know. I, Look, if we say cliff notes, we probably have to pay a royalty. So let's not say cliff notes. But I think that's sometimes I think that's advisors are so short on time. And we've said that before, right? The more the more independent. I did this in a recent podcast. The more independent you are, the more hats you wear, the more hats you wear, the less time you have. And and to be able to soak in some of this stuff, our top content of the quarter, I guess, is a great place yeah, to start. For sure. All right, uh, I think that wraps up uh, Q2. Uh, what uh, recommendations do you have? Yeah, so um, so I'm gonna gonna throw one out here, and I know I even gave uh, I gave Christopher a couple of pictures and a little short uh, like 10 second video he might throw up here. 
well, not throw up. <laughs> He's not sick. <laughs> he might put up on the screen. Uh, you know, we are saying right now when we're recording this, uh, I'm in Nashville, just east of Nashville at Piercy Priest Lake. Uh, at Safe Harbor, my recommendation is Safe Harbor RV Resort. Um, really, really nice place. It is one of the most well-maintained RV parks that we've been at. And essentially, if you think about a big lake, this is on a peninsula that goes out into the water. And so there's just a few rows of, of RVs. Now, most of them are out in the sun. We, however, are in the shade, and it is absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. I can walk down the hill right to the lake and start fishing. Um, so if, you, if you're in the area or you're looking for an RV park and don't want just another, you know, yet another one with row after row after row of RVs, this is gorgeous. It is expensive, but it's it's gorgeous. So anyway, kudos to them. I mean, I here's an example. We saw we started laughing when we we came in one day, and they were repainting the parking lines in their little extra parking area. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would have just washed it off because I mean you could see the white lines. There was no doubt you could see the. But they were down. Literally, this this person was taking like two inch strokes with a brush, <laughs> to make sure that he got that line white. But that's the mode that they yeah. take here. And that's that's impressive because most RV parks aren't Attention that nice. Attention to detail. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, my my so recommendation this week is uh, on uh, real estate. So I've always wondered, uh, it's 2020, why do I need a real estate agent to purchase a home? Uh, I'm doing all the research. I, everything's on Zillow. Yeah. Uh, there's no private information that MLS has. And so what is a real estate agent earning their 3% commission on? And so I was introduced to a firm called Spicer Real Estate in Maryland uh, as we're planning possibly moving back. And so what they do is they will they let you do all the research. You find any, any homes that you want. They'll come and show you the home, uh, charge you an hourly rate. And by the time it's all done with the contracts and everything, you get uh, the 3% minus their hourly rate as a rebate. And so the point being is if you're buying an expensive house and you end up, you know, your the 3% comes out to be, you know, 20 to 30 grand, you know, their hourly rate will be, you know, in the, you know, 4 to 6,000 range depending on how much to, how many houses they're going to show you. But if you do right. all the research and you come down, you know, you you bring it down to three homes and they will then take you to them and do the contract and all that stuff, it's it's this is I think a valuable service and you get that rebate entirely back to you now look if you sell a house yes you can make the argument the marketing and all that jazz but for buying a house i mean most of us are can do everything online ourselves i mean you don't really need access to an agent yeah yeah i think that's a great differentiator buying versus selling i I would agree as as i'm i'm on the opposite side of the the spectrum and, and when i sold a house just a couple of years ago um you know it was for us it was we we looked at some of those scenarios and we decided that from a marketing standpoint we knew that we wanted to get rid of it and get rid of it quick uh because we wanted to move on and and so we did go ahead and pay a full real estate uh, agent in that scenario um and likewise sometimes from a buyer standpoint they won't work with some of these other iterations but when you're buying uh i know when we looked at property in arkansas and ended up finding a place the first time i went down and, and worked with the real estate agent that our friends had used to build their house I gave him a, a here are the sheets of the ten places that I want to see in geographic order. Now this is in sort of quasi mountainous area, right? So there's no straight road anywhere. Um, and he just laughed. He started looking through it. And he's like, "So what do you need me for?" And I, thought, I don't. <laughs> uh, for, how about for less commission? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. For less commission, let's let's really talk this through. But um, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, I think you're. I think you're right. I think as times change. 
this business of real estate will change just like every other business has had to change. Ours certainly has over the last, you know, 10, That's 15 for sure. years. All right. So anyway, any other parting That's thoughts it. on that note? Good. All right. We are out, brother. We'll talk All to right, you next bye. week. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.